right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, I am so excited to be talking about Fast 10, the new 10th entry in the Fast and Furious series. And after the 9th left a lot of us cold, I am so happy to say that this series is back. Vin Diesel and his family are back better than ever. I love this movie so much. Joining me to talk about it is Joe Black, who was also on the Fast 9 episode. And we've got a lot of great puzzle pieces to talk about on this one, so that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, of course, to make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us on social media at PiecingPod, all the usual things. But I also want to make two quick announcements before we get into the main episode. First of all, I just announced, and if you check out the website, piecingpod.com, I'm doing three more live podcasts this summer over at Maya Cinemas here in Las Vegas. First up, we've got The Blackening on Thursday, June 15th. We've got a really great lineup of guests on that one. We'll be talking with Miss Michelle, Marlon Money Stevens, and Mikey VIP. And it's going to be a ridiculous, fun movie. I'm really looking forward to talking about it. And uh, we'll be doing some giveaways and contests and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for more info on how to get tickets. But that's coming up Thursday, June 15th. And if you check out the blog post on piecingpod.com, get information about the other two live shows that I've got coming up. The other thing I wanted to let you guys know about at the top of the show, if you're listening to this the day that it goes up, Friday, May 19th, 2023, of course, that's what year this is, uh, I'm going to be doing a live stream with friend of the show, Chad Clinton Freeman, and a bunch of people that he has been doing these awesome music live streams with. Uh, over on YouTube, if you check out my YouTube channel, there's already a uh, like scheduled thing for signing up for announcements about it. Uh, I will be hanging out for a couple hours on Friday, starting at 3 p.m. Pacific time, talking about music and talking about my music and whatever else we're going to talk about. So come check it out. It's a really cool thing that they're doing. A lot of great independent musicians, and uh, I'll be there. So come check that out. You can find a link in the show notes to my YouTube channel where you can get signed up to check out that live stream and check out a bunch of really cool independent musicians. Now, with that said, let's talk about Fast 10. All right, Joe Black is back with us, and it's time to talk about Fast X. It's time for some redemption for the family after the last yes, outing. Yes, absolutely. The last one we uh, we covered here on the show, and no good. No good. I mean, it, I love this series, but no good at all. Uh, I'm so happy that we are back on top, really. I mean, this movie is so freaking good, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh Correction for my intro already. I, I my notes are a, a, an absolute disaster. I forgot to mention it's not called Fast X. It's called Fast Ten. We've been given uh, explicit directions from the studio. Refer to it as Fast Ten, please. And you know what? When they make a movie this good, I, I'm gonna listen. Uh, oh, listen and obey. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I, yeah. The I I too am a giant fan of this franchise, and uh, and I too felt like F9 was a huge bummer. Um, yeah. So I, I, I got to see this movie in February. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. They, I got to see it at a test screening. And they actually, the test screening people called me the night before the screening. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, would you want to be uh, in the focus group afterward tomorrow? Um, okay. If you are, we'll give you VIP seating and yada yada yada. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, are you kidding? Like, mm-hmm. you called the right person. And it was one of those, you know, when you go to a test screening out here, you have to show up like two hours in advance to get in. Sure, basically yeah. to get in line. I got there. It was a seven o'clock show. I got there at six fifty, and mm-hmm. I, I was. They put me right in the best seats. Um, I got like a free popcorn and a free giant Mountain Dew uh, icy. Because it was at a regal, um, unfortunately, and uh, I I was blown away by the movie. Yeah, like like I you know I thought I'm I'm in the weird minority where I actually think like that eight is one of if not the best in sure. this franchise, but yeah. this one just like completely blew it out of the water. But yeah. even more surprisingly, my wife 
liked it even more than I did. Wow. And in the focus group afterwards, she was kind of the star of the focus group. She was like, she was like taking over the whole thing. She was like, however much you're paying Vin Diesel, that's how he's worth every penny. That's how you carry a franchise. And that's, I'll I'll get more into that later because like she was the fucking MVP of that focus group. Yeah. So I, I think part of that and like, we'll, we'll talk about this as we're getting into puzzle pieces and all that. But I think this is the most committed. These guys, Vin Diesel and his family have ever been to these characters and to, uh, leaving their ego at the door in a way does that make mm-hmm. sense Be- because this is just a fun blast of a good time who cares what happens to anybody let's just put the most fun we could possibly put on screen i 100 percent agree i think that um i think that uh the ego absolutely you know it's so funny justin lynn you know we all got a little like really excited when he came back for nine you yeah. know, it was like it was like the papa of the franchise returning. You know what I yeah, mean? Sure. Um, and and it was such a weird dud because yeah. it was nothing but like fan service and like there was something about it that just wasn't right. And then when he got fired off of this one, you know, it that that like was really confusing. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, what do you mean? Like Vin Diesel fired Justin Lin? Like, oh no, is this going to be another? ego trip, you know, muscle flexing, whatever. Sure. But what we found out was that, no, Justin Lin got fired because he wasn't taking this seriously anymore. Mm. He wasn't being sincere about it. Like, he like he was buying into the fandom. The, like, right. oh, it's so ridiculous, it's so over the top, it's so cheesy. No, the only way that this franchise works is when it's sincere. Mm-hmm. And Vin Diesel, I think, more than anybody else understands that, you yeah. know, and, and like, you know, about his beef with The Rock and all that about how like The Rock was just showing up being The Rock. And he's like, yo, that's not this. Right. And, you right. know, like, that's why there was that friction, you know, because you look at Hobbs from five, you know, it, like, look at it. How he's like a villain almost. And he's The Rock doesn't play that kind of character. And then by seven, he's doing his, you know, Samoa thing and like has a daughter. And I, like, he's The Rock. He wasn't taking it seriously. And I think that this movie and this director, Fast 10, they finally, like, they, 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 they fully realized the sincerity on this epic, goofy action scale. And it's right. wonderful. Right. And you wonderful. can sell all that goofiness and the ridiculousness and over-the-topness if you're taking it seriously. And that's what you need, that right. balance, in order for it all to kind of come together and coalesce. So, yeah, I mean, it's everybody 100%. firing on all cylinders here. And... uh of course, we'll get to Jason Momoa. Even John Cena. Yeah, even John Cena, yeah. <laughs> Who saw that coming? I know, right? But uh, mm-hmm. let's start getting into some puzzle pieces. We'll get into all these things that we are just gushing about along the way. But what do you have for your first piece? Okay, for my first piece, I have The Dark Knight Rises. Sure. Um, because of the end sequence where there's a big giant ball bomb rolling through town that multiple parties are trying to stop mm-hmm. much like the scene in this film where Jason Momoa is, you know, playing bowling with the Vatican. Sure. Um, which is 90% of the trailer is that sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm so glad I saw this movie before they released the trailers because the fast and furious trailers are just, they give away everything. Yeah. They like do. they, they give away like the best, like like God, when Vin Diesel like brings down those two helicopters in this or in this movie, I was like, "Wow!" And then yeah. I saw it in the trailer, and I went, "Wait, you put that in the trailer? That's like the climactic <laughs> moment of the movie." Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that this sequence is much more um, unlike the Dark Knight. It's not as like you know um, self important <laughs> in a yeah. weird way. It's not sure. as cryptic. It's just to the point. And Jason Momoa. I think out of all of his little like goofy cartoony lines and the whole thing, I think that scene has my favorite where he's like got the remote and he's like, what you say you want to blow up the Vatican? Oh man, you're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) And then he leaps into the little car like, Oh, like amazing. 
there, there's a couple of uh, those like little leaps and and that like that they don't even focus on. Like they're just like little background moments that like you just you catch or you don't. And uh, yeah, I mean he he is just absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, the the giant bomb absolutely that that goes to Dark Knight Rises. I guess I'll just jump right on top. Then I was going to save this one for later, but I'll go the Dark Knight uh, for a puzzle piece as well. Um, again, back to Momoa's Dante. He he makes. Vin Diesel make a big choice between saving two people, but spoiler alert, he was going to kill them both anyway. You know, there was no saving <laughs> anybody really. And that's a total Joker move, but even more so, I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker, I think is, uh, you know, love it or hate it is a big inspiration for the unpredictability of what Momoa is doing here. You know, this character who's just so like anarchistic and, and just kind of laughs at the face of even having like, realistic motivations or anything like that he's just a force of like violence and destruction basically i you know i i i I feel you but i don't know that i agree and i mean my buddies they saw it with me they were all saying he's doing the joker he's doing the joker thing and 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 that just kind of bummed me out because Mm -hmm. well like momoa has a direct path he wants to kill all of them because they (laughs) killed his family he wants to kill everyone and everything basically yeah, but like, but to them specifically, he's like, he 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 does have a mission to kill them. I don't know, mm. and and I also feel like he's more Nick Cage than than Joker. Like he reminds Definitely me way Cage. more of like Nick Cage and Face Off than he does mm-hmm. it of uh, the Joker. I, but I mean, I get the comparison. Like, oh, and I guess like you know, I have not seen the movie since the test screening. Uh-huh. So like, and we, we, we messaged a little bit about it. So I'm pretty, you know, like, I, I feel like what we saw was pretty much the same movie. Sure. Um, but like, you know, so you had the scene in yours where he's painting the nails on the dead bodies. Yes. Yes. And, and okay, just cool. straight up talking to dead corpses and a fly lands on yeah. one of their eyeballs, like an evil dead, like <laughs> <laughs> insane. Yeah. Just completely nuts. See that, that to me is more Joker from like the animated series or something like sure. that sounds like something he would do like a little more like goofy than that. But I think that it was so funny that the trailers were trying to hide yeah, how goofy Jason Momoa is in this movie. Yeah, like they're trying to make him look, you know, badass, but like he's fucking loony. Oh, like yeah. he's loony and big, and and he's the best villain this franchise has had, in my opinion. Oh, and and they've had some some pretty good villains, but he's like, and and honestly, I've never been a big Momoa fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not not a fan, or you know what I mean. But like, he's like, yeah, whatever. He's in it. Okay, sure. But this, I'm like, play more villains, my friend. Like, yeah, absolutely. Go have a good time. I feel like after like so many villains in this series like end up becoming good guys, like I feel like they needed one where like there's just no way. There, there's just absolutely mm-hmm. no way that happens, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> well, I noticed that almost every movie save for 5 and 1, the villains always lived. Mm-hmm. And I was always hoping that they would do some kind of big like epic team up for the finale. Where all mm-hmm. the surviving villains got together to take on the family. You know what I sure. mean? Like so like team versus team. Yeah. And I also wanted these movies to go back in time, like to have time travel, so we could call it Past in the Furious. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Where where they'd have to go through all of them. Like, you know, like Vin Diesel would have to like go back and talk to young Vin Diesel, like from the first one and like save Brian. I don't know, it's some shit like that. But Yeah. That's why the, that's why I'm not writing these. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I mean, was much better than that. We, yeah, I know. We we all expected time travel to come up, I think. But uh, yeah, we still got two more movies to go. We'll see what happens. But what do you have for your next piece? Well, I guess to jump on the whole like bad guy turning good, yada, yada, yada thing, um, I'll, I'll go with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay. Um, because, uh, you know, you've got the, uh, what was his name in that? Han, Hondu? Uh, Yandu? Is it Yandu? Yandu. Yandu. Yeah. Hondu. Hondu. I got him and the Samoa guy from fucking Street Fighter mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, Yandu. How uh, he, you know, starts out as like the bad guy, then slowly becomes like, you know, the nice, lovable member of the family that we always wanted him to be, and then he dies. Sure. Um, and that's uh, Jacob in this one. Yeah. Um, of all the terrible things in F9, I would say that John Cena as Jacob was the worst thing about it. Yeah. Um, the character sucked, but like John Cena as that character was just awful. 
Like he felt <laughs> so out of place. He was so bad in it. He was so like, it just didn't, it did not work. But yeah. in this one, they crafted Jacob in a way that actually plays into John Cena's strengths. I know it's weird to think that he has any, but right. like he, you know, he came on board as like a family friendly wrestler character, like the Hulk Hogan for the two thousands is kind of what they yeah. were trying to do with him. And that's what they kind of do with him in this. He's got the kid with him the whole time. You know, he's, you know, so he's Uncle Jake. You know what sure. I mean? And and he gets to be like kind of like the goofier center of the movie with like the fucking kayak jet that is just like amazing. <laughs> and then he gets to be the one who's like shooting the cannons of the car, turning into the little kid going like that's badass, right? You know? Yeah. He, he was great. He was like you love him. And then when he sacrificed himself, I was sitting there in that test audience going, "You motherfuckers!" Yeah, I you want more. You got me to actually feel bad that that that. That Jacob died. Like, damn. Yeah. Like, good on you. Like, that's how I knew that it was the best one in the franchise. Right. Like, not only did it redeem nine, but it also like made me give a shit about John Cena. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. No, they really turned him around there and made him into a character worthwhile. And yeah, I I don't know that that whole carrying around that kayak, which on its own is hilarious that he'd just be carrying a kayak, but then that it turns out to be a freaking plane thing, like, yeah. like yeah, your mind is carrying that on his shoulder. Like what? Uh, <laughs> like, I buy it. I buy amazing, it. Line amazing and stuff. Because like we were saying with the sincerity that like, and honestly, Guardians does this too, that like as funny and goofy and ridiculous as these movies can be, it's still cool at the end of the day. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't care how goofy you think that the Fast and Furious franchise is, but like a jet shooting out of the luggage compartment of a, of a, of an airplane, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like that's fucking cool. You know, yeah. just like guardians, like little rocket boots, like making yeah. you go across a little like alien gully. Like that's cool. It's cool um, stuff. Absolutely. It really is. <laughs> and this movie is fucking cool, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of how cool this movie is, um, I know you didn't like the movie I'm about to bring up as much as some of the other entries in the series, but uh, I'm going with John Wick Chapter 3 for my next puzzle piece here. And my reason specifically, all right, is Mark Dacascus's Zero, the villain of John Wick Chapter 3, is basically a John Wick fan. And I felt like Jason Momoa's Dante walks into this movie not as a fan necessarily of dominic toretto but of the fast and furious movies that it feels like he is like getting to live his wish of being in a fast and furious movie and he spends the whole time (laughs) almost like an audience member commenting on family on how ridiculous it all is how you know vin diesel gets out of all these situations and is so good at driving these cars that it's just like over the top ridiculous and he is basically just the biggest fan of Fast and Furious movies as this character in, in a way that reminded me of Zero being such a fan of John Wick. Wonderful piece. I agree. I agree. And uh, unlike John Wick 3, he does not give like Vin Diesel time to like get up and regain his composure and like, you know, out of respect. Like, that's the shit that drove me nuts about John Wick 3. It's like yeah, yeah. by the end when the assassins were letting him get up, I was like, fuck, just end, dude. It's just a martial arts him. movie. That's what they do. They do that in martial no, arts No, not at that point. Not at that point, man. Like at that point, just fucking kill this guy and move on. That's why I liked 4. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, no, that's a, that's a great piece, and, and, and that is a good point, and he is, well, I, and I would argue, yeah, he, I mean, not argue, I would agree that he's just, he's having a good time, yeah. like, doing what he's doing, and maybe that's kind of part of that Joker comparison that people are, are, are drawing, that he's, like, really having fun mm-hmm. doing what he's doing, yeah. um, but I, all, I, all I chuck that up is, like, villains used to do that, man, before, sure. like, we had to, like, start pretending, like, that there was some nobility in every villain, it's yeah. just like misunderstood. Like, no, like fucking Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor was like, oh, I'm going to build some property. You know, like <laughs> it, it, it was, I'm, I'm, I'm glad bring back, like, like you said, a villain who like will not be redeemed. And if he is, oy, oy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, what, what are uh, Jason Momoa's Oscar chances here for this one? Um, every, every villain Absolutely. has to be an Oscar nominee now. So. <laughs> Absolutely none because that yeah. will go to John Malkovich and or common 
uh, and or Adrian Brody from Fool's Paradise. Yes, absolutely. So, I'm, I'm with you on that one for sure. What do you got for your next piece? <laughs> you just got me now excited for the idea that like the best supporting actor Oscar Bill could be like those three guys up against Jason Momoa. You know what I mean? Like, God. The, like best Oscars so ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my next my next piece is a uh, specter. Um, yeah. Because uh, it has that component of like I've been masterminding this all along. Like all mm-hmm. these things that you've like encountered have been me, you know, secretly. Like, um, and uh, that's kind of like Momoa. Like, it, honestly, when I found out the plot of this movie that it was going back to five, and there was like a brother we didn't know about, I was sure. like, Ugh. yeah. And then like when they started the whole movie with like reappropriating footage from five with Jason Momoa. Like did you, I was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. But like by the end of that sequence, I went, well, that wasn't not cool. <laughs> like, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like it was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, and when I saw it too, they hadn't done the de-aging yet on like the bad guy from five. So he just had all, it was the actor with like all the little dots on his face. Oh, that's weird. Kind of looked like yeah. Morgan, Morgan Freeman or something. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the the idea of just like reconstructing the way you've seen the the whole franchise, you know, like like that whole idea, like Inspector, yeah. like oh, there's been like this through line all along of like leading to your demise. Yeah, um, it's funny you bring yeah. that one up because I was thinking that too, and I couldn't remember if that was Spectre or or if it was Skyfall or if it was the one before that. I knew it was one of the recent Bonds where like yeah, the guy had been there all along, and you know, we just Spectre. didn't know. Yeah. yeah. It, the reason why you couldn't remember is because it's the most forgettable. Absolutely. Of, of that. Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, he, he was Bond five times and he was, I don't know, there's like, between the five movies, there's like 1.25 good movies in there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so no yeah. harm, no foul there. Absolutely. Well, my, my next piece actually goes right along with that same part that you're talking about uh, with the, the fact that Momoa was there all along and, you know, we just didn't see that in, in the previous version. But uh, Chad will be happy, our buddy Chad. I'm going with Batman v Superman for my next puzzle piece here, uh, because as it turns out, Ben Affleck's Batman was watching all of the destruction in Man of Steel, and that's what set him on his course to wanting to fight Superman. And uh, we get that moment here with it just turned out that Jason Momoa was there the whole time. We just didn't know it. We didn't see it. And I, I messaged you about this after I saw the movie. I lost my mind when about like three quarters of the way through the movie, they show that actually twice, they show that the agency cop guy was also there so like we get like the same reveal twice and uh to to lean into that like trope of an action movie two times in one movie is just incredible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they should call this movie too fast 10 um yes. yeah no i love that piece and and you i don't know if you i mean batman versus superman is like the one movie that chad and i agree on sure um, <laughs> and that was another movie that i saw at a test screening i saw it like gosh, maybe two months before it came out um, on the Warner Brothers lot. And my audience, man, we were on our feet at the end, like cheering. Like mm-hmm. we loved that fucking movie. And, and, and I hated Man of Steel. <laughs> um, yeah. and, I, and I loved Batman vs. Superman. And, and, and when it came out and it just got like destroyed, I was actually like confused. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was like, whoa, what happened? Because that movie was a banger. Other yeah. than the stupid email with all the superhumans yeah like, as the one that, the one uh, yeah there's no way to defend that scene but yeah. Yeah. it's the wild wild west scene which i've talked about on on your show before where it's like the in a movie that that's that ridiculous and that silly if you ever cross too far over at any moment it destroys the whole thing for audiences and that's mm-hmm. that moment yeah it, like because yeah. everybody can point to that and be like see it's not good and you're like fuck yeah um, <laughs> but but this movie, I don't know how they pulled it off. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like they, they, they really did. And, and, and it's good directing. You know what I mean? Like, they really did like a, like, I mean, he just fucking nailed it, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's been nailing it all along. He's kind of the king of that. Like, what was that movie? Um, now You See Me? Sure. The, uh, the movie with the, the magician Ocean's Eleven movie? Yeah. Um, that looked like the dumbest movie ever. Yeah. And I only saw it because I was working at Arclight at the time and I got off early one day and I was like, okay, let me pop in. And I was like, well, I'll be goddamned. Did I enjoy that movie? I, should, mm-hmm. I certainly did. You know, yeah. same thing with the transporter. That should be an unwatchable movie. Oh, my next piece is transporter two, by the way. So this is fine. nice. Um, nice. 
because there's that whole sequence in Transporter 2 where he's got the bomb on the bottom of his car and he has to like chase it off of there. Um, I, I think I saw Transporter it. 2 opening night and I, I just don't even really remember it all. Those like all of the non Fast and Furious Jason Statham things, they like kind of blend together a little bit for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and I mean, and honestly, you know, I'm just sitting here talking about how good this director is and, and I think Transporter 2 is actually really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he has this moment where he's driving his car, the bomb is on the bottom of his car and he like leaps off of a ramp toward a crane, like a construction crane. And he flips his car in midair just enough for the crane yeah. to knock the bomb off of his car. <laughs> and, uh, I, yeah, it's so awesome. I was, I was, I was, th- that was the one moment where I'm like, there you go. Now you're making a movie. Um, yeah. that, that, um, <laughs> that's my standard for what is a movie. Did you yeah. flip your car and knock a bomb off of it? All right. Yeah. Um, we'll call this a movie. Uh, it reminded me of the, um, the centerpiece of this movie, the, the, um, the drag race with the bomb on the bottom of the car and like Vin Diesel having to like, yeah, uh, go under and knock. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I immediately thought of that. I was like, Oh, this guy knows bombs on cars. Yeah. This director. Absolutely. That must be why they hired him. <laughs> um, that sequence too. That is like, what a brilliant centerpiece for the movie. The sure. drag race, that's also featured pretty heavily in the trailer because it's the one like drag race. Yeah, scene absolutely. In the movie. Um, it, it's funny too, that whole sequence, it just kind of like, it's almost like they just shoved it in there and it, yet it still works, but it doesn't feel like it. I was like, why are we at a drag race all of a sudden? Like, it just kind of just mm-hmm. happens, you know, but it's still fun as hell to watch. Yeah, and then Momoa shows up in those genie pants and you're like, that's <laughs> why we're at a drag race. This is hell good. Yeah. This is good. Oh my is good. God. He's so good. Every scene, he's so good, and it's amazing. He really is. Like, I, you know, like if you told me back in 2010 or 2011 when I'm watching him and Conan that that guy would go on to do anything worth a shit, I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> well, as, yeah. as the Aquaman fan on this uh, podcast, um, I will defend him a little bit. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe just made a, just a face that is just so disapproving, but uh, that's fine. We'll we'll move on to my. It's next not piece. disapproving. <laughs> like like I don't dare imply that. It, it, I'm just like, I'm flabbergasted. Like, I'm just like, really? Like, you know. Um, yeah. And I, it's fine. And yeah, to it's find fine. out Dolph Lundgren had cancer that whole time. No. Oh, um, poor just, guy. Wow. Yeah, poor guy. And then he had to be an Aquaman with his fake floaty CGI beard. He's amazing oh, in it. He's so good. His beard is incredible in it. Oh, God. Sure. You're missing out, Joe. Sure. My next piece is Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Good one. Good one. <laughs> Because Juan almost killed this franchise, and you know it. Um, yeah, so yeah. No sympathy yeah, for no. the devil. Xander Cage, though. Now that's a movie. It is a movie, and I will say, I as much as I love the Fast and Furious movies, I was not on board necessarily until Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage. When this movie came out, I was listening to How Did This Get Made a lot, and those guys were just like so excited for it, and it kind of like got me excited for it, and then I went and saw it, and just. I was just so blown away by how much fun and how committed Vin Diesel is to just making a ridiculous, over-the-top, silly action movie that's also, just like we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation, also sincere at the same time. And uh, that rubbed off on me, and then I went back and started watching all these Fast and Furious movies and just started absolutely loving them, and that's what got me on board with this whole train. And so I feel like now... With Fast 10, like, I feel like we're on the exact same level here between that movie and this movie with the same balance of sincerity and just over-the-top nutsness. Well, I mean, he, that's a beautiful story. I love the story you just told me. Um, Vin Diesel is, like, our generation's uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sure, sure. Like, he really is. He's, 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 he's kind of a secret weapon, in a way. He's actually a brilliant actor, and it's because it's not a joke to him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like none of this is a joke. And like, yeah, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, we all want to snowboard down a hill while shooting at bad guys. Like, yes, yes. we all wish we were that cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, like, and the first, I never saw the first triple X movie. I don't know why. I think maybe because I was mad that he didn't do too fast, too furious. Cause I, I am unlike you have been a, a, a devotee from minute one. 
Yeah. Like, the, yeah. you know, I, I've loved this franchise. I was there during the dark times. I was there yeah. during two, three, and four. I was Well, there, I've never you know been a I mean? car guy, Joe. I, I, to me, me a either. car just needs a CD player and an air conditioner. Like, I don't, I don't care about how they look, how they drive, any of I it. So, either. like, this, the series just didn't mean anything to me up until that point, you know? I, and I get that, but, like, you know, it's so funny watching the first one as an adult, as a grown uh, person. Uh, like, <laughs> the first one is so solidly told and this is yeah. actually like to what my wife was uh saying in the focus group she was you know all of these movies end with the family getting together for dinner right sure. like that's the ending to all and that's a great ending because what it kind of does at the end of, at the end of every movie it reminds you of why you come like sure. like yeah these movies are like silly and they're fun and you know goofy action but at the end of the day we come because we love this family yeah. You know, we love these characters and we love their relationship. And like, that's why we're here. You know, it's always a nice send off this movie because it couldn't because it, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. They start with the dinner and and by starting with the dinner, it's really cool because now you're reshaping the whole narrative of, mm-hmm. oh, this is what's at stake. And now right, everything right. that comes after this is a threat to this. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know? you know what? And to that point, to that point, one of the other things that I love so much about this movie is that they're not after some kind of doohickey the whole time. They're just trying to save each other. Like they're just right. trying to make sure that no one dies. Like that's the only real objective. It's not, you know, finding God's eye or stopping some mm-hmm. bomb, like or whatever. Like it's it's making sure everybody's safe. That's it. Right. And 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 again, what it does though is it boils the whole storytelling apparatus to down to the preservation of virtue. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is about virtues, this movie. And so is the first one. The yeah, first yeah. one is about honor. The first one is about, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like the, this is the first movie since one that is about those virtues. And, and my wife was talking about that in the focus group, and she's like, it's Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. And everybody laughed at her. And my wife goes, oh, that's interesting. You don't read a lot of Shakespeare? I majored in it in college. <laughs> You know, like it was so cool. I was like, "Oh, Get that's him. why I married her." Yeah, Get him. I was like, "That's why I married her." She's, um, she's the best. Um, but yeah, and 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 honestly, like injecting that into this into this movie, you know, for the first time since the first movie, what a what a brilliantly subtle move. You know what I mean? That that actually elevates this to being, in my opinion, the best in the franchise. This yeah. movie because Absolutely. it gives us all the goofy ridiculousness that we've come to quote unquote expect and you know mm-hmm. but it actually gives us what we really love about storytelling and especially sure. oh, anyway, I'm getting into final thoughts sorry go on I have one more piece <laughs> but it's not a great piece it's well it's I, I only have one more piece as well so why don't we get yours and then mine and then we'll get to those thoughts okay mine is Charlie's Angels Full Throttle oh boy <laughs> um, directed by Mick Genius um, oh, Joseph M- McGinty Nichols um, uh-huh. and yeah. it because this one is because it ends with, uh, it begins with a dam chase that, mm. that has like this climax of them flying off of a dam as it's like exploding. Um, there's their truck that they drive off of. It turns into a helicopter and they fly away on it, which is pretty cool. Mm. But this one, um, the end sequence of this is like a duel on a dam. Yeah, sure. Basically that ends with him, you know, which again, they also give away in the trailer. It's like, fuck, dude, don't yeah. give that shit away. Yeah. Can I ask you this? Because I have not seen it again yet. I haven't seen a final version. And my friend saw a, uh, an alternate uh, cut of it at a test screening. In, in the final version here, when the dam explodes, do you see the water coming toward Vin Diesel? Uh, n- no. Well, I mean, you do, but it cuts away pretty quickly. So, like, it's clear that, like, he's about to have to deal with this. But then, mm-hmm. you know, we, we cut to the next scene after that. Because in my buddy's version, the water comes toward him on the rock. And in my version, it just cut to zero and you, saw, and you heard the explosion as it cut to black. I think that's how so it like, went. Yeah. A lot happens in this movie, so I'm trying to remember exactly. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's something along those lines of what you saw. So I'm very excited. When, I, when I'm seeing it tomorrow, I will have all of my uh, hopes and dreams you know, answered or dashed. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got seat F10 uh, for my screening tomorrow, yeah. so yeah, very excited about it. I'm hoping to go back and see it in Dolby this weekend. Uh, or Smart. 
you know, it, it's 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 going to be so good to see this one again. And like, just I wish I could have seen Full Throttle <laughs> in 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 Dolby. Like, I we we need to respect these action movies on this level, man. I'm serious. Action is the hardest thing to do. It is. Like, it really it's, is. It, yeah. It's the hardest thing to do, and not only cohesively, like 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 in just making it all fit together, but also the hardest thing to do just in making it meaningful. Marvel has been failing at that for 15 years. Right. You, you, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> they really have. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and these movies, and McGee, they get it. Oh, so, and McGee, of course. I, I would, he's I would good. never. Fuck off. I would never deny McGee. Absolutely not. Uh, my last piece is shoot 'em up. Um, and I could have used this with any of the last, fa- the last five, probably fast and furious movies. But as we've been talking about this one, finally, like just goes all the way, you know, and it's like, it's, I, I, I'm, I would stop short of calling this a, a parody of itself, but I would call it, you know, having its cake and eating it too. It's an awesome action movie. And it's being the ridiculous over the top, goofy, Fast and Furious that, like you said, we all, you know, expect or whatever. And so it's it's definitely getting to do both things at the same time, just like Shoot 'em Up does with Clive Owen and and Paul Giamatti just being just a completely unredeemably insane bad guy. And like it's just so much fun to watch. And that's really the same kind of feeling that I got from this movie. I'm amazed that Paul Giamatti never made his way into this franchise as a villain. I know, um, right? He, would, he was too busy doing amazing Spider Man too. Yeah, um, uh, the best part of that movie, I by told... the way. Oh, I agree. Yeah, um, and the best part of Jungle Cruise. Rack! Yes, yes, um, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this uh, short story, but I was working at, uh, again. I was working at ArcLight, and this guy, uh, uh, Django and Chain, had just come out, and there was this guy at the concession stand talking about how Quentin Tarantino lost him at the end of Kill Bill Volume One, and I was like, why? And he goes, because, like, you know, like, he could have done so much more with that House of Blue Leaves action sequence. He just played it so safe, blah, blah, blah. And he's just, like, shitting on Tarantino's action scenes. And he goes, he goes, and, I mean, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. I made a movie called Shoot 'Em Up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yes. When the history books are written, you yeah. know, like, which, which you know, okay, yeah. The, the House of Blue Leaves fight scene in Kill Bill versus the merry-go-round shootout in Shoot 'Em Ooh. Up. Let's see who comes out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I I want to like shoot him up, but again, I like how you differentiated between like this doesn't come into parody, and I feel like shoot him up for me. I saw it and I was a little disappointed in it because I felt like it was a little too wink wink, mm. even for its own good. Um, and and I don't know, like it it just it wasn't good enough to maintain that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like either either go either be fast ten. Or be black dynamite. Be one of the two. You right, know what I mean? Right. But like falling in between doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't be so harsh on it if that guy hadn't shit on fucking the House of Blue Leaves fight scene. And it's like, I don't even like Kill Bill. And here I am defending it against this. <laughs> well, I mean, the guy hasn't made a movie since then. So obviously he probably burned some bridges. <laughs> but uh, let's read down our finished puzzle. <laughs> Look, him shoving the carrot. The carrot. It's in the incredible. Guy's mouth. It's good. It's fine. Shoot 'em up is good. I should. You really should. I. Yeah, I'm sure. I actually mean this when I say I'm sure you're right. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'll watch it again. So our finished puzzle here for Fast Ten, we got Dark Knight Rises and The Dark Knight, and you also threw in Face Off there as a, an alternate example of that. So I think that was a good one to include. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, John Wick Chapter Three, Spectre, mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, Transporter Two. Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, and Shoot 'em Up. A whole bunch of insane over the top action movies, really. You know? I can't believe this movie worked as well as it did, honestly. Yeah. And none of them as yeah. good as this one. Seriously. It's I, I can't believe how good this came out. Yeah. Yeah. None of the none of those movies yeah. are as good as this. And that's not even just speaking as a fan. You know what I mean? Like I, I honestly feel like if I had watched this as the first one of the franchise, I'd be like Wow, are they all that good? <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? I, I, I really thought that this was like super cool. I, um, my buddy Lewis had never, see, had never seen any of them except for nine. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and he got tickets to the preview screening too. And he was like, I don't even know if I'm going to go. I didn't really like nine. And I was like, that's the only one you've seen. Mm. We need to rectify that. Yeah. So me and him, 
in the days leading up to it, we did three day we did three days of triple features basically. We did one, two, and three, then uh, four, five, and six, and then we did seven, eight, and uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh God, what um, a what a week! Yeah, and he really did not. His favorite out of all of them was two, which makes sense. You know, it 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 has its own flavor, but um, but yeah, even he liked this one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is this is great, and God, the fight with like when Letty and um Cipher like are like fighting each other, like. That's back to like my wife was pointing this out too. That's kind of back to the Shakespearean thing where like Letty is fighting because Cypher killed Dom's son's mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's doing that for Elena. Like she's doing that because like she's, I mean, these characters are just so good and true and perfect. And, uh, and it's so nice to see them all done justice in this movie. I have some fears about the next one only because another alternative at the end of my version the submarine opens up and you don't see who's inside of it, but apparently uh, it's Wonder Woman mm-hmm. inside of the fucking submarine, which I'm just like, dude, just let her be dead. Let Han move on. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, and, and look, I don't want to imply that this is a perfect movie. I mean, Pete Davidson, why is he even in it? His scene does nothing. <laughs> it's like totally unnecessary. Yeah, it, it is. You could actually cut that out of the... And I know that Ludacris and, um, and Tyrese reference it later on when they're like, when we fought earlier or something. But like, they're always fighting. Mm-hmm. So you could just like snip that right out and suddenly the movie's two hours and 15 minutes instead of 221 and we don't have to have Pete Davidson in our movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, that's a win-win. It is a win-win. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And they were ignoring that in the test audience, too. They were asking about all the different characters. Like, how did you feel about this cameo? How did you feel about this one? And I was like, whoa, why are we not talking about the elephant in the room? And so at the end, when they were, like, wrapping it all up, I, I interjected. I was like, hey, I just have to say, like, you could cut him out, you know? <laughs> like, and everyone in that audience agreed in our test group. And they're like, well, okay, we'll think about it. Nah. Liars. Fucking liars. But that test group also wanted to cut out the scene with the nail polish. Like... That was the big thing about that test group. They were anti-Momoa. Wow. They were like, he's too sinister. He's too goofy. I didn't take him seriously. He didn't have enough stakes. Like, I was like, the, uh, we're in fucking la-la land. And then I was like, oh, that's funny, because we are. <laughs> but, but I'm glad that they didn't listen to that stupid-ass test audience, except for maybe they listened to my wife. They're like, see, she liked it. I don't, I don't think we need to mess with this. I think it's fine the way it is. She overpowered everybody else, so it all We have all my wife out. to thank, folks. <laughs> yeah. She, you, you, the nail polish scene in Fast 10 is because of my wife. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So thanks. Honey. Hell yeah. Well, I think that does it for Fast 10. Joe, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? <sighs> you know, this is, uh, this is, uh, yeah. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a movie that was making fun of the Fast and Furious franchise, and I didn't see it for that exact reason when it came out uh, 20 years ago. But I finally watched it this weekend for the first time, and I was blown away by it. Um, and that is uh, 2004's mm. Torque. Wow, I don't think I ever saw it. Oh my God. David, <laughs> in the first 90 seconds of this movie, you will forget Shoot 'em Up ever existed. This movie is so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> the opening scene of this movie is two fucking little speedster cars drag racing down a desert highway, right? And then a mm-hmm. motorcycle comes between them, pops a wheelie as it drives between them, and is going so fast and supersonic that it makes the two cars like wobble out of control and like and spin out. And then the 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 the, the motorcycle goes past a street sign, right? Like at a crossroads. And when it goes past, it's so fast and powerful, it makes the street sign spin around in a circle like a hundred miles an hour. And the words blurring together spell out cars suck. <laughs> That's like the. That's like. That's incredible. By the time it gets to the guy stabbing somebody with a knife, the knife hitting the dirt, and then the reflection in the knife, you are going to. It'll be your new favorite movie. You're going to buy Torque t shirts. You're going to buy. Like, it's so good. <laughs> I wish they didn't take the cheap shot at like the one hour mark of saying. Um, at the one hour mark of saying, like, they do the Fast Furious line where he's like, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. She goes, That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's like the one, like, not funny cheap Yay. shot they take. But the rest of the movie is like heaven sent it's so good um you would i can't believe you haven't seen it and and it only that actually makes sense because if you had 
we'd be hearing about it nonstop. <laughs> like, yeah. um, if, if <laughs> yeah. you'd seen it. So, well, now, now it's going on my list. I, I am going to watch it. I am very happy about this recommendation. It sounds so good. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait. It's only 80 minutes long. Oh, even better. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's always a good thing for sure. Well, Joe, where can people find you and your work? Blue means pregnant films.com is my uh, company website. And right now we have our uh, film Natasha Hall is available on Amazon. Um, and uh, we're actually, it's funny, it, it opened some doors. Um, and now we've got some distribution companies who are reaching out to us to release some of my earlier work, which I was never part of the plan. <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I was making them to learn, but like, you know, if, if they, if they see, you know, an opportunity there, I'm not going to deny them that, you know. Um, so hopefully in the next like six months to a year or so, there might be as many as like seven of my movies available on different streaming services like Tubi and Amazon and stuff like that. But for right now, Natasha Hall is the one on Amazon. Please give it a look. It's um, it's one that I'm not ashamed of. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can check out a bunch of other content on BlueMeansPregnantFilms.com. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for doing the show again. And as always, I look forward to getting you back again sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully for a hypnotic episode. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Fast 10. Thanks to Joe Black for joining me on that one, and thanks to all of you for listening. If you're enjoying what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you really like the show, maybe drop five-star ratings and reviews wherever that is. If it's Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, wherever there's a place to leave a review, I would really appreciate your feedback. So definitely do that. And you can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. I'm incredibly active on twitter i'm also getting more and more active on instagram and of course there's our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show also don't forget we have a patreon the produced by david rosen patreon where i post bonus and advanced content from piecing it together as well as awesome movie year and from my music career speaking of awesome movie year they just started a new season this week on the films of 1975 it's their 15th season uh, lots of great movies to talk about in 1975 so keep an eye out for some of those and uh yeah uh check out the patreon again it's produced by david rosen patreon.com slash by david rosen so i told you about the live shows coming up at the top of the show check the show notes for more information on that as well as that live stream with chad clinton freeman that's happening tonight and i'm sure i'll end up on a couple more of those in the future and uh yeah let's close this out with a piece of music like i always do and i think to close this one out i'm going to play a track from my latest album more content the song is called power this is a good like upbeat hardcore track that i think uh i think the guys from fast and furious would appreciate so let's play power and we will be back with more piecing it together real soon
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.